Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. We're finally here for an off-day show with Eric, AJ, and Rudo, and the Avs, kind of normal. The NHL, a whole lot of wild stuff going on. (laughs) A whole lot of it. Regardless of what actually happened, Corey Perry's contract is getting terminated by the Chicago Blackhawks. So that's a thing. I mean... All I'm saying is the rumors out there are the most Corey Perry thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and I think what we'll do on our show is just dance right through it. Yeah. Um, not knowing 100% what's what, you know, whatever. Um, my focus is mostly on what happens next for Corey Perry. I think what happens next for Connor Bedard is he probably just continues to play for the Blackhawks and he scores a bunch of goals and... This becomes one of those weird footnotes that 15 years from now will be like, do you remember that weird thing that happened with him at the beginning of his career with Corey Perry? Origin stories. Yeah, like <laughs> like this is how he becomes the Joker instead of the baby-faced 18-year-old. This is a village in, a villain origin story. Yep. 100%. <laughs> true or not, he's going to be the villain because everybody hates Chicago. So. Yeah, it's true. Um, Corey Perry, though. Contract gets terminated. There's no way he gets picked up by anybody, right? Over, I would think. Like, there's no because in order to in order for a team to do that, they take on all that money. Well, and they've got to even if they term and wait for him and give him a new deal at minimum or whatever, they've got to have the goods on him because they the NHLPA can come at him could come at them, and the only way that they have confidence that they're going to win that case is if they've got something. Got something definitive that says we he violated this part of his contract, and we know that, and we can prove that. Yep. And if it gets around, if if it actually gets around between teams and players and whatever, whatever he did, whatever happened, whatever he did, how does he go into another NHL locker room? I. It's got to be tough to think. Again, we don't know exactly what happened for sure. It's it's all speculation. Yeah. But for an NHL team to terminate a contract is usually something pretty serious went down. Yeah, you you consider contract terminations are usually an egregious behavioral breach. Yep. Or a guy that wants to go play in Europe. That's it. Yep. I don't think Corey Perry is headed to like the Finnish league or that something right now. Yep. So the only other option is a behavioral breach of contract here. Yeah. It so, would yeah. wouldn't it be pretty tough for a team to take him on right now? Yeah, Eric, I'm super curious about no, your thoughts. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. So you're going on waivers, uh, which are d- different waivers because it's unconditional waivers, yeah. right? It's not the regular yeah. whoever. Uh keep it on talk. I I'm not saying anything. I'm just <laughs> yeah. using I'm using a name that yeah. people would know, you know. Um has to clear waivers and 24 hours on waivers. No, this is a little different. This is unconditional waivers. And like you, we just said, it's behavior, you know, your behavior, something happened. Yeah. Um, but he does have to go to the process of going on wait. I mean, I think anybody would be shocked if he gets picked up. I mean, um, not knowing really what's happened, right? I mean, no one really knows what's happened, right? I mean, um, so, I mean, he's... Yeah, I mean, I, I think somewhere, somehow, this could be the end of it for him. I mean, that's 
realistically could really well be the end of it for I, for him. I and think I'm, it I'm, probably is. Yeah. This has a question. Gonna, yeah, yeah, I do have a question. That's why I'm raising my hand like a child. Um, so in in so for somebody that doesn't know like a ton about like the waiver process and everything like yeah. that, typically when you get put on waivers, you're gonna go down to an AHL team, right? Like that's mm-hmm. you're going to their mind. So and if you clear waivers, you go to that like small team. If you get picked up, you go to another team, kind of, sorta. So there's so if he just doesn't get picked up, he's just there's nothing for him to fall back on. There's not like a there's no AHL team. Like no. he's just done. He's just done. Okay. Yeah. It's unconditional waivers is the first step in ultimately either terminating or buying out his contract, depending on. Well, the, the statement says termination. The violation. Right? So now, yeah. yeah, and then what they owe in him. In this case, it's termination. Termination, yeah. and so, of, of course, it's going to go to grievance and, you know, yeah. with the PI. I mean, I'm assuming. Yeah, know, there will be lawyers yeah. for a while on this. Yeah. So, um, you know, it may not be like a Corey, not, Corey Perry won't be a Dallas star tomorrow morning, but by Saturday. Yeah. Not maybe. that it's the same situation at all, but this part of the process will play out the exact same way things did with Evander Kane a couple of years ago. More recently, Alex Galchenyuk. Also yeah, exactly. True. Yep. That you exactly, and now it's termination, again, a different type of deal, smaller deal, but still same process, on waivers for the purpose of termination for breach of contract. Boy, was there ever a behavioral breach with Alex Galchenyuk, which came out that video. Not too yeah. long. That video. That video was. I've I've been on the internet long enough. <laughs> As I saw somebody refer to it earlier today, since the late 1900s, <laughs> oh, the dagger that was, I've been on the internet for a long time, and that video was hard for me to watch. Yeah. yeah. It was tough. Not great. Not great, to say the least. Uh, let's, let's move on to... Some other Chicago Blackhawks-related well, news. I don't know unless you have more to say. Yeah, I mean, I'm just curious. Well, I I figured this will be a very quick conversation, but sure. Colorado Corey Perry. No, it Zero hasn't been. Interest. It hasn't been great with Tomas Tatar. No. You, the answer is no. No. Okay. Cool. I figured we would all agree, but <laughs> had to throw it out there. Yeah, I wanted to at least ask. Is it just because of the? Whatever he did was no, obviously incredibly stupid he's and selfish. Also and super washed. Um, he is. Okay, I don't think I agree. I do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say it if I didn't agree with myself. As a player, does it even matter? No, I agree. It's uh, a hard pass. Yeah. Uh. All right. All right, we can move on to the next one. An ex-Chicago Blackhawk, Patrick Kane, signs with the Detroit Red Wings. This is so old school, Detroit Red Wings. I don't think it's a particularly great move for the Wings, but I'll get your guys' opinion. Do you think Patrick Kane moves the needle at all for them? Let's start there. Patrick Kane. What was the question again? You, Does it move the needle at all for Detroit? Oh, to get Patrick Kane. I, I, I mean, listen. I Detroit's been good this year, right? They've been fun. They've been exciting. Uh, better than you know, last year or you know, the, the years before. Is it a good fit? I mean, the Brinkett's there, and he, you know, he played well with them. Um, Larkin's. 
playing up to his potential, right? You know what I mean? For once, he's actually been really good, right? You know, not small sample, but getting to be bigger now, yeah. right? 20 games. Um, I think it's a good fit for him. Here's what I think. Um, if you talk to people like at the Detroit Wedding, a, a contender, I don't think anybody had them as contenders this year, right? Nope. Like, none of us did, but even nationally, like, I don't think anyone was... Right? I mean, picking the Red Wings to win the Stanley Cup. Most people, I don't think, didn't even pick them to make the playoffs. Here's the way I look at it. I don't know if I'll explain it the right way, but it's a copycat league. True. Florida Panthers last year, no one has them. Next thing you know, they're in the finals. I think that's what he's banking on. You know, I don't think he's going there just because he's like, oh, I want to have fun. I think he's going there because he knows he's going to be, you know what I mean? Imagine going to live in Detroit on purpose <laughs> yeah. and thinking, I'm going to go have fun. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's a good fit for him. There's the Brinkett, you know, Steve Eiserman. It's it's pretty, you know, I, I respect Steve Eiserman, even though I'm an old school av, you know, Steve Eiserman's class act. And, you know, um, Look, from that uh, rivalry, there's a couple of guys that you come out absolutely hating because they're douchebags, and a couple that you not one of those. You yeah. hate Steve because Eisenman's you just no. respect I've, them so much. I have so a lot much. of respect for him. Eiserman was one of those guys. He's one yeah. of my favorite players. I was number 19 in high school, just so you know, because I really like Steve Big Eisenman. Joe Sackick fan. Well, that's before <laughs> Joe. I mean, I'm not I'm not that young. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a good fit for him. I think I go back to my copycat thing. You know, I think, hey, who knows what can happen? Let's get in the playoffs, and then it's anybody's game, right? Uh, that's what people say around the league, right? True or not, not here to debate it. Um, and I think that's how he gets in there, and it's a good fit for him. And, you know, I think New Zealand does, you know, did a good job selling you know, himself and his team and, you know, with, with Stevie Y. Uh, and it doesn't hurt that he really had great uh, chemistry with Debrinket, right? I mean, I think he really enjoyed playing with him. And so he's thinking, okay, who knows how this is going to be with my whatever it is that they did to his hip. and um, Hip resurfacing. Whatever that means. Like, I'm yeah. not a doctor. But I have no idea what it means <laughs> me either. either. But it's, it's, it I was careful to say. Brutal, it. man. It just sounds different, right? You know, who knows that's how that's going to be? I mean, knock on wood, you know. A good player, so but I think he's just. I mean, is the goaltending there? I don't know. Um, I don't think so, you know, in my book, you know, what I mean, but then he goes there and does he try to duplicate Florida from last year? That's where I, I think he's that's where he's looking at, you know, we're, we're having some good chemistry with guys that he's I'm played with. I'm sure, he has aspirations beyond this season as well, yeah, There's... yeah exactly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it's a waste of everybody's time. Would you have liked him in the abs? Patrick Kane? Yeah. No. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, man. I just, where Colorado is and the opportunity that he needs. I think it's a better question, right? I was going to get there. You, no, I'm, mm. no, no, I wasn't. I'm not saying your questions suck. Wow. I'm saying. You know what I mean? You want a better question? No, no, no. Take it away. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. 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 We like each other, by the way. Yeah. I went through. <laughs> I went through Detroit's profile this morning because yeah. I was reading um, ESPN's like grading of it, and it was yeah. just pissing me off because all of it was, oh, Detroit is so good. Detroit is such a surprise team. Detroit, Detroit, Detroit." And I was like, 
Okay, so I started a, uh, a timer on my phone to see how long it would take me to just pull up some data to figure out, is Detroit for real? Are they yeah. kind of a fraud right now? It took me 10 minutes. 10 minutes <laughs> is all it took me to go through and figure out that they are a bottom-tier team in terms of driving offense. They're an okay team in d- defensively. The quality of chances that they give up are bad on a consistent basis. The quality of chances that they generate are bad on a consistent basis. They're not good offensively. Their power play sucks. Their penalty kill is horrific. Horrific. The only thing that is helping them is an 11% team shooting percentage. You know why we cite this statistic a lot? Because it is the home of frauds. (laughs) We talk about it all the time. That will not continue. You can easily, if you're looking for one catch-all statistic to say, is this surprise team for real or not, start with team shooting percentage of 5v5. If it is anything over 10%, it is a red flag. It's not to say that a team cannot do it over 10% over the course of 82 games. It it is rare. It doesn't happen often. We just saw Seattle do it last year. It does happen. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it happens. But once one team out of 32 doing it last year does not mean, oh, this team, this team can totally do it. It is highly unlikely to happen. And at 11%, it will not happen. You combine that with goaltending that is better than average. James Reimer all of a sudden looks really good. That We know that shit won't <laughs> continue. Give me a break. They're frauds. And I'm not even, I, I think that they are better than I expected them to be. And I think that if everything goes really well, they're maybe playing for a three seed in their division. If things continue to go pretty well for them, they're a wild card team. If they struggle for an extended period at any time, if they have a 15 game stretch where they only win five games, they're done. They won't make the playoffs. Yep. And where I'm nervous if I'm Detroit fan is that a lot of this resurgence, whatever is not being led by, Young guys. Yeah. There has it, been. It's the Debrin cats of the world. It's a heavy. Yeah. Debrin cat and Larkin. Great. They're yeah. in their prime, whatever. Yeah. But there has been a heavy investment on older guys. A heavy investment on Ben Sherratt. Now Patrick Kane. Yep. I get that that's a one year deal. But when you make a lot of these kinds of investments, what is the culture that you're building? What is the development plan that you have for the younger guys? My questions are all just. What are you doing at the NHL level? Because it's it's cool that we have two test cases here that are going in direct opposition of one another. You have Ottawa and you have Detroit. Ottawa has invested a ton of draft capital in young guys, yep. offense, defense, whatever, and they've paid for goaltenders. And those a lot of those young guys are in the NHL. And so it's younger guys, what are they doing, right? Like what are how do they develop? We will sink or swim with our youth, with the decisions that we made on the draft floor and with the results of our development. Detroit's not doing so much of that. There's a little bit of it, you know, with the most siders, you know, they have a great. It's not enough. Though. They have a Devon Taves level trade steal in Jake Wallman. Yep. But ultimately. And that those two are surrounded by a bunch of old failing defensemen right. on that you're, blue line. You're looking at their defense and Oli you're going. Mata's not cutting it, dude. Only Mata, <laughs> dude. And Shane Gostisbehere, yeah. Jeff Petrie. Like, you're looking at their defense going, what if it is this? Yep. What's the plan here? The plan is to get to the postseason once 
get the shit kicked out of them in round one, and then that builds their culture. I can understand it when you have a bunch of young guys that you're trying to give that taste to, like the Avalanche did back in the day, you know, when it was McKinnon and Rantanen and, and Jost and Comfer and no, Landeskog. And, like, that was, like, a whole core that they built around that they gave that taste of the playoffs to and was very formative for them. I think it's, it's just not the case in Detroit. I No, I think it is the case. I think this is the exact same misstep that mid-2010s Avs made by going out and getting guys like Francois Beauchemin. That's right. Who, you know, you're trying to make the Brad playoffs, Stewart. but yeah, they, I'm, they yeah. haven't made anything quite that bad of a mistake as extending a guy before they've seen him play a game. But I think they, they're they thinking they're out of the rebuild before they're out of the rebuild. Well, and, and maybe they're not, but like, I want to know what are they building towards? Is, is getting rocked in the first round really like the plan here? Yeah. Because when you look at Florida last year, because you say, I think they're hoping that everybody uses... I think with Florida, it should the the lesson is not, oh hey look, if you just get in, anything can happen. Florida massively underachieved relative to their talent level. That's fair. all last season. That's the fair. lesson is be better than your record, not worse. Exactly, <laughs> and if fair. they if if Detroit is to overachieve, it's fair to ask what's the ceiling. They're not winning playoff rounds. If they win a playoff round, it's because some abs cracking nonsense happened where the other team goes through a comical <laughs> amount of things and they barely squeak it out and then they lose in round two. Yeah. Like, I just, I guess I just, I, I want to, I'm, I'm fascinated by the Detroit Ottawa dichotomy here. The differences between two plans that are very, very, very different. And one organization that just fired its GM and the other one that has its GM on a godlike pedestal. Where do they go over the next couple of years? Who's better? Which organization do you trust more? It's definitely Detroit. But are they really in a better position to compete over the next five years? Whoa. Yeah, that fan sounds like a car engine. That is wild. Yeah. That fan is the sound of Detroit signing Patrick Kane. Yeah. And so <laughs> all of this goes back to Patrick Kane for me because why? That's where I'm at with it, too. Do we know for sure that Patrick Kane is any good or or bad at all? We just don't. The, the, the effects of his injury were so obvious last year when he was he was terrible at the end of the year with yeah. the Rangers. He just was. But the effect of that that surgery, we don't know. Now, there's a little bit of a track record. I think there were five people that have had this surgery over the last decade. None of them were meaningful NHL players again. None of them ever came back and were impact guys in the NHL. None of them were as good as Patrick Kane either. And that's also fair. There are some pretty good guys on that list, including Nick Backstrom. Yeah. And Nick Backstrom this year just said, I can't do it. That doesn't mean that that will be the case for him. And what I will say on this point is... This year, certainly, Detroit has the cap space to just throw at a problem like and this. And they have the opening on their roster to just say, this doesn't hurt us in any way. So I get it from all of those standpoints. From his standpoint, I don't get it. He could have gone to Florida and played alongside Sasha Barkov. He could have gone to Buffalo and played in a loaded forward core. All of these would have given him really good opportunity while also giving him, you know, with Buffalo, it's arguably a more competitive environment. We'll see how they go when Tage comes back, but 
certainly in Florida, you're looking at it going, that's a good hockey team. He could have gone. He could have. He could have played he, on a top line on a good hockey team. Yep. And instead, he's going to go and play on a top line ish on a on middling hockey team. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's just a strange and for a guy that was like, oh, I, I would prefer to stay out east because of travel, you know, travel reasons or whatever. Detroit has one of the harder eastern travels involved. Yep. yep. So it's not even that much of a benefit there. Yeah, I don't I don't really follow it. It's not what I would have done if I was him, but I'm sure he has his reasons, whatever those might be. Yeah, and I guess I'm just, um, for me, I'm just uh, the the upside for the player. The upside for the team, fine, whatever. The upside for the player, eh. Yeah. And and I, I get it from Detroit from the standpoint of, eh, they, we have the money, we have the space, whatever, let's do it. But yeah. it also doesn't solve any of the problems that they have. Yeah, and and it doesn't raise their ceiling as a hockey team so much that you say this definitely gets them out of round one. Agree. Look, if you get prime Patrick Kane, maybe. Unless that dude can learn how to play goalie <laughs> really quick. <laughs> Even that, if you get prime Patrick Kane, you have a giant steal at two point seven five million. He's going to score hundred points, and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and then he leaves in free agency. <laughs> And gets a bag somewhere else. Yeah, so. and you've accomplished what as a franchise? Nothing. Get so. that one more point about staying back east, like you were saying. Mm. That was Ray Bork back then, one of his main things. He wanted to stay back east. And then, whoop, the avalanche came in. He was going to Detroit or Philly. And he didn't want to go in the west. Turned out pretty good. He ended up going... Staying east of California. Yeah, it turned out. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Nailed it was it. east of California. It was about as good as it got. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by Bet365. You can join up with Bet365 with the code DNVR365 to get a bunch of amazing boosts. Go check them out. Sign up today. You can get the 30% parlay boosts over with NHL games. A ton of other boosted bets all over the place. Uh, made a little bit of extra money after my good bet on the abs. Yeah. Went in and bet on some Counter-Strike, made you, some money on that. You walked in, you walked into the house last night and did the money manzo. Oh yeah, definitely. I can see Mrs. Rudo being a big fan of that, being like, great, I know what that means. Paid for uh we're building a new office, paid for her desk in her office for her new job. So Dude, what go. kind of desk? That's a lot yeah, of money for a desk. It was an expensive desk. I'm not going to lie. I mean, <laughs> splash the cash, brother. You earned it. <laughs> when it hits, it hits. Go hit yours over with Bet365 where they keep sports never ordinary. Use that DNVR365 code and maybe join in on the DNVR bet. We get our own custom bet over there that Dre sets up for us, and he's pretty good at the whole betting thing. So ride along with us with that one. Uh, of course, when you join Bet365, you must be 21 or older, physically located in Colorado. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER today. Uh, we're also brought to you by Shady Rays. Might have to get myself another pair of Shady Rays with this extra cash. Uh, you can get two pairs or more with the DNVR code and get 50% off your entire order. Uh, give them five stars by over 250,000 people. So they make a good product over there. Uh, and with all of the different selections and choices, the best part is... In the first 30 days, if you don't like them, you lose them or break them, they'll replace them entirely for free. So go check them out. Go get a pair of shades. You'll enjoy them, and you'll want to keep them forever. 
That's how mm-hmm. it works with Shady Rays. ShadyRays.com to get yours today. Mine are in my car. There you go. I, yeah, I have one pair in my car, and then the other pair, Sarah, has commandeered as hers now. Lindsay stole mine. I haven't seen them since. <laughs> uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We've got a bet three, six, five, never ordinary top five for you today. And I have for you today the top five Cy Young seasons by Avalanche players. Oh, no. Yep. It's going to be a fun one. <laughs> I, I saw it earlier. I don't know what that, and there was that one is. That came to my mind right away too. Yep, which was a good one. Can you explain for everybody what that is, Rudo? Uh, so these are the top five seasons where the highest percentage of their points come from goals. Uh, there are. I know there's a good number of them. Uh, a couple of them are pretty recent, actually, starting with number five, I believe, uh, with Renee Bork. In 1617, 67%, two thirds of his points came from goals. And this is, this is only the beginning folks. These numbers are going to go up a lot as AJ is face palming over there. Why would you make me relive this horror? It's going to get worse, bud. Daniel Winnie? Dude, this is a, this is a trauma response here from having to sit through the Borks. <laughs> Gabe Bork did not make the list. Yeah, the because record. he didn't score any goals. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like French guys, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It wasn't that they were horrific on the worst abs team. No, no, ever. no. I'm saying Gabrielle Bork's French. Renee oh, yeah. Bork's American. He's not French. <laughs> uh, it's it's so interesting bad, dude. that one comes from the 16-17 season. Just throwing that one out there. Uh, number four God, is uh, the one I think everyone expected on this list yeah. in Eric yeah. Svatos. Uh, 70% of his goals in 07, 08, and 26 goals, 11 assists. He also had another one around 64 for 65% that just missed the list. Um, so that one was up there, too. You called him a shooter. I mean, he was a shooter. Oh, I yeah. mean, that's what he was. He was a shooter. God rest his soul, like, good kid. But I tell you, he was a sniper. He was a shooter, a sniper. Didn't really see the game much, you know what I mean? And But I tell you one thing, his shot was lethal. I mean, AJ, I think he was there, that <laughs> overtime goal there in Dallas, right? You were I there, was. I got know? into a fight in the parking lot. That's right. <laughs> Bruiser. And then, uh, yeah, that was, that was, wow, then, that was yeah. such a fun night. He scored that goal. It was awesome. And you know what? He's, uh, yeah, that's the first guy that came to my mind when you said Cy yep. I was like, yeah, for sure yep. he's on that list. He was on the list. Number three, uh, these next two are going to be painful. Cody McLeod in 08, 09, Hell 15 yeah. goals, five assists. That was his rookie year. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's I think so. Be. He did not score 15 goals twice. I refuse to believe this. <laughs> I remember it because a lot of those goals are just him going to the net and Puck's just hitting him. Joel Quadman Joel loved that. I mean, he came yeah. in with no contract. He was just on an ECHL contract. Bruised his way to a... American League contract out of training camp and then bruised his way to an NHL contract. And Cody was a warrior, man. I'll tell you one thing. He was uh, he was fun to watch. In the locker room, he used to mess with me during my interviews. He would ball up his tape when I was talking to other players. And he would yeah. just throw his tape at the players that I was talking to to get them to stop talking. And then when I wouldn't talk to him, he'd be like, what, AJ, you're not going to interview me? And I was like, do something so I can have an excuse to... 
And Mark Andre Kalish was did the whole like oh <laughs> it was so stupid. But Cody McLeod was a lot of fun in the locker oh, room. I shit. really liked his presence. He was he and Nick Holden were probably my two favorite like just personalities yeah, yeah. in the room. Do you get bonus points for the Cy Young if you have a boatload of fights the same year too? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that that counts for extra. Yeah. It's like uh it's like having a Cy Young season but giving up a ton of home runs. <laughs> He either strikes you out or it's a dinger. Exactly. <laughs> like, like what Blake Snell just did. That's exactly it. That's yes. Funny. Uh, there are two, well, one and a half that are higher than that one. Number two, P.E. Belmar. Nine goals, two assists in 2020-2021. Never would have gotten to this. For an 81% uh, goals production rank. Uh, a couple of other ones that just missed the list. Brandon Saad. Had uh, at oh, around yeah. a 63, 64% uh, goals only rating for his time here. And then a hilarious playoff where he had like seven goals. Yeah, where it just couldn't not score. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forget who else it was because they didn't quite make the list. But uh, of course, number one, and this one is incomplete, but at the moment, Raijo rocking a 90% goals. The whole thing with Ryan, this is so funny to me because like when the abs got him, it was like, he's not going to score a lot. He's going to facilitate. Yeah. He's a playmaker. He likes the pass. He hasn't scored a lot of goals in the last handful of years. The one year we had 26 goals. He shot like, like lights out and it was ridiculous. And now you look at him. He, he had 12 goals last year. Yep. He's at nine right now. (laughs) Okay. Hockey's so dumb. It's uh. It's a funny sport like that sometimes. All right. Not allowed to say Joe Sackick. Best shooter you played with. Uh, man. If you say Wayne, I disagree. A terrible shot. <laughs> Love him. Terrible shot. Uh, Take that Gretzky. <laughs> All-time no. leader in goals. Yeah, that's right. I know. I, it's amazing. <laughs> but that's why he was so good. He was so much better than everybody else. I've yeah. never seen anything like that. Not the greatest skater, not the greatest shot, not the biggest physical guy. Not, I mean, how? You know what I mean? But he did it. Amazing. Um, I'm going to go pure, you know what I mean? Like, he- hedgy stuff to beat Milan Hey Duke. I get talking about a pure shooter. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, he is. I think we forget sometimes because the end of his career, yeah. the hands had gone Peter so down. much. Yeah. 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 But, oh, my God, you oh. are not kidding. His I mean, prime. it's just you're talking about, like, wow, people are talking about Bedard now. and you know, But, like, Hedgy was, oh, pretty to watch. It was snappy. It was yeah. pretty to watch. I mean, yeah, without, like you said, no Joe Sackick, perfect. I'm going to go Milan Hey Duke. Love it. Abs, they've had some Curious, shooters. Who would be the best like goal scorers in Avalanche history? Not necessarily the guys who scored the most, but guys that could just shoot the puck. Because I remember just being in love with Burakovsky. He could yeah. shoot the puck. It was like that guy that that game that the goal that he scored. I think it was game four in the first round against Nashville, the one that goes through the net. Yep. I mean, that's just, he's just standing there and he just wires a puck yep. and it beats an elite goaltender. Yeah. Guy never even stood a chance. Ref doesn't see it, you know, and it goes through the net and it's, it's like comical, but also he just did stuff like that on a semi-regular basis right. for real. Yeah. Like, like that was like a lot. Like we, we used to joke when he was here that he didn't score ugly yeah. goals. There wasn't any, there was never like a, a tip or a rebound or a, 
you know, goal that goes off his knee. Everything was just him shooting. Yeah. Cause he was just so good. Yeah. Great shooter. I, I think Ber- Berkey's probably up there, obviously, Sackick oh, yeah. and Hayduk. Um, I mean, like, not really in his time here, but obviously in his prime, Jerome McKinlaw. Yeah. Sure. But it's hard because there's the here, Paul Correa and Timo Solani were also yeah. here. and But when they were in Colorado, nah. No. Uh, not the same, but the only really big bomb of a shot the Abs have ever had is Rob Blake. Yeah. I, I mean... Didn't Krupp have a pretty big slap Krupp had shot? had a big shot, but didn't use it a lot. Where well, Blakey like, would unload it all game long. Right? Like Zadorov, like you didn't know where that thing yeah. was going, yeah. but it was a big shot. That's yeah. true. It's a good true. point. But Blakey would go up top. Like the Curtis McDermott position. now got a monster of a shot, but you have no idea what's about to happen with it. Hey, listen, yeah. I had a good shot. Uh, believe it or not. I ha- I swear. <laughs> I'm just. I'm being. I'm, I'm just. I'm just put it in perspective. I won. Uh, because you used to always do it, like in the 90s, like the, the what do you call that, a skills competition. So every team would do it. You had to do it. It was like yeah. part of the rules. And so I won the hardest shot, whatever that was, like 98 miles per hour, whatever. You got to remember, wood stick and everything. So it's pretty good. Um, I beat Blakey. Maybe he had a look. Ninety eight miles an hour today would impress me yeah. still. I'd be like, so, with real damn, sticks. man. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now. I bet you in like eight, nine years of National Hockey League, I probably took three slap shots. <laughs> because that's what I'm trying to say. You need, I needed a runway to get it off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I never did. So you could have a good shot. Like Dermy. Dermy's got an excellent shot, but, mm-hmm. but it's it's the time it takes to unload. I'm not making fun of him. I'm saying I, I can relate. Like it's hard. To, yeah. The National Hockey League, it's tough to get a shot off. D's up there, sticks in the way. Every, you know what I mean? There's not a lot of room. Especially sure, now that he's playing good. it forward. Yeah. Like when he was at least on the yeah. blue line, yeah. the, the, he occasionally yeah. he would have a Lined runway. One up. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is one of those things about it's difference hard. between AHL and NHL because I remember you and I both were yeah. familiar with McDermott as an AHL player, yes. and he was he was good. Yep. And one of the things that made him as dangerous as he was was that he had quite a shot in the yes. NHL. Like, you have more time, you know? Yeah, more time and space. He gets to the NHL, all that goes away, and that weapon becomes marginalized. And, and, and I say that to kids all the time. Like, college or juniors, oh, you got time. You get the puck. You, you fix your feet. You look up. Oh, all right, I'm going to go left side. You know? And you shoot. Uh, Ryan Graves is a great yeah, one. Exactly. That's Ryan right. Graves, Then so you get to the American League, it's... Oh, you get it. You, you know, all right, I'll pick the corner and go. And you get to the national, and it's like, you get it, and it's, it's too late. Huh? What I, happened? Look, I, I, if you're talking about hard shots that you don't know where they're going, I yeah. watched Eric Jelena play in Colorado. For yeah, that, that's months. another thing, too. Oh, yeah, that's another that's, man, that's my point. That's a great name. There's, it's tough to get shots through like, yep. yeah. back there, you know, but that was my point. Anyway, like, you could have a good shot, but it doesn't mean that... You have time to use it. I yeah, will tell you, anti good shot, Anton Lindholm. Yeah. When he was here, oh, I, yeah, and, I and I will him, tell yeah. you the the progress that he made from the first time I ever saw him shoot at a dev camp after he got drafted. He was in the minus forever. I was like, yeah. this is the worst shot I've ever seen. I was like, this would not play yeah. in juniors. This would not play in the NAHL. This is awful. This is awful. And it got to the point where when he got to the NHL, it never got. Good, but it was like passable. 
So good yeah. on him for working on it, but when he got into dev camp, holy smokes. Yeah. Product of work, though. Chad has realized we've kind of skipped over current abs a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Obviously, Miko, yeah. unbelievable oh shooter. God, yes. I, I mean, come on. Yeah, the best, right? <laughs> Score 55, whatever it was. And you, you know how to shoot. And he, well, The thing with Miko is he's got the slapper, he's yeah. got the wrist shot, he's got the backhand. He's yeah. got yes. it all. Yeah. And when you when you're you know Eric always talks about the angle of the blade and mm -hmm. that's what goalies read and whatever, you have no idea what that guy's gonna do. Yep, he's completely crazy. <laughs> Far yeah, side, yeah. near side, bank like, it off your head. Ex exactly, because like. <laughs> you know when he gets behind the net, how many he has more than one intentional bank goal from behind the net. Yep, the guy just he just has the creativity. That little chip thing that he does that we hate so much, nobody else in the NHL does that shit. <laughs> It's true. He's the only guy out there trying to use a pitching wedge to score goals. Because <laughs> you don't know where it's going, and that's it, what I'm saying. He's like, so good. You're right. And then, and go back to Hedgie. It's the same thing. Like Max, my oldest, he's a goalie. And in the summertime, he goes on the ice. He goes, I can't stop this. Hey, dude, dude I can't. I can't. You don't know where it's going. And it's amazing because it's, it's just the way they release it. It's just like. I can't. I don't know where it's going, and it's like, and it's so frustrating for a goalie. You know what I mean? And that's what Miko has. You know, that would be very close to to, to hedgy bag then or something. But like, go back to Joe. Joe was just like that powerful wrist shot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you knew it was yeah. going five hole or Tom Glove. Just blow it by. Just blows by. I like the the love and chat for Brad Hunt because that thing is a beast. He does have that, a bomb. He's got a bomb. It is a be the that thing and well and what he has it's maybe not as big yeah. on its own but it's very accurate. Yep. And somebody said uh Frick or Frick, uh, Oh, Martin Ferg. Yeah. yeah. That, that, listen, you watch Lordy. warm up like anywhere you are in the game and you're like, "Whoa, what is that? Who Ooh. shot that?" You he, know what I mean? Like the AHL All-Star game a couple yeah. years ago it was 109. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. When you're pushing 110. Oh yeah, it's, it's he's got a bomb. What? I mean, Zdeno Char is looking at 109, going, yeah. "All right, that's pretty good, man." You're now drifting into like tennis serve speeds at that point, <laughs> like Ronick or whatever. Yeah, last, like Ronick, low last. tennis. No, no Andy Roddick, Women, but women's tennis. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't uh, gonna go there. Ronick, whatever, like the guy in yeah. Vancouver last two weeks ago, whatever he shot. Like it was, I mean. My God, oh, that he, thing was... He, it was like 108. Yeah. You can't even see that it on the replay. You're like, whoa. What's in the net? I saw Chad talking about Makar, too. For yeah. my money, in my like lifetime that I can remember, the best wrist shot of any defenseman I've ever watched. Uh, yeah. I, his one-timer's fine. I don't think it's anything particularly special. But Makar's walk-in wrist shot is ridiculous well his legs move and his blade moves so again go back to you don't yeah. know where it's going that's why goalies get full because they're like they're following go you know when he dances across and and then all of a sudden the blades looking the other way then it's hard to do He's, it's hard to bring your hips that way and shoot that way i mean it's it's hard to do yeah and this is where i think mccarr's shot is is as good as it is because i don't think the shot itself is much of anything deception. Yeah. but yeah it's it's that he shoots while he's moving he shoots when he's going in different directions. That's it's it's he's like the Miko of movement when he shoots because he could be doing anything at any time. He could be standing still and he could put it where he wants. Like yeah. he the, his accuracy with it is really it good. And I think that's where because you look at the other two really good goal scoring defensemen. I'm not counting Brent Burns. He's a forward. <laughs> I mean, like true, I agree with that. true defenseman, Eric Carlson and Mike Green. Yeah. yeah, that's big slap shots. Like those yeah. were really accurate slap shots. Mm -hmm. Shea Weber, big slap shot. Roman yeah. Yossi, big slap shot. What Kale McCarr does is completely different from those guys because it's just the way that he moves around the ice. And then 
just fires off pucks in a goalie. Like how how many times has Kale McCarr scored a goal where you see a goalie will like twitch because he he sees it at the last second and whatever body part it's closest to just <laughs> shit. It, I think the thing I would add to that on McCarr that also comes from that movement. I don't know if there's anybody in the league better at creating a shooting lane than Kale at the blue line. Hundred percent. Oh, dude, the way they the the Allen Iverson crossover stuff yep. that I talk mm-hmm. I've been talking about for years here. Uh, and is like a feature on our pod. The way that he creates space in general, yeah. it's unparalleled. It's just ridiculous. Teams so. try to defend him in traditional ways because how do you not? Like you don't, <laughs> you don't have a defensive game plan for. Hey, here's this freak. Because if you try and defend him in a weird way, he'll just do something traditional and beat yeah. you. <laughs> and you're beat. And then you're like, this looked really dumb. What were we doing? Like I posted that screenshot of the Canucks yeah. PK where they all three had were really far up high. Yeah. And it's the easiest pass from Miko to Nachushkin in front of the net because Philip Ronick's like, shit, what do I do here? <laughs> yeah. Like you try to defend a freak like that. And it's tough out here. Beat you in traditional ways. <laughs> it's freak. I like it. Well, goal scorers are normally the hero. So if you want to get yourself some hero bread... Go over to Hero.co today. Use code DNVR to save 10% on your order. Hero Bread, a fantastic ultra-low-carb option. It's got a bunch of protein in it. It's got no grams of sugar per serving. It's great for whatever dietary needs you might have when it comes to that. I know a ton of people on keto love it. They usually can't eat bread at all. Hero is an option for them. Uh, You can get it over at Hero.co or you can go over to Amazon, but go to Hero.co, use the DNVR code, and get 10% off your order. Uh, They also have more than just bread. If you want like hot dog buns or tortillas or whatever it is you might want, uh, they have you covered over at Hero Bread. So go check them out today. Use that DNVR code. Get 10% off at Hero.co. Uh, and then head up Breckenridge Distillery. Get yourself some award-winning whiskey. Uh, you can get in with them. Also, they have a bunch of other alcohols, too, a vodka that, uh, you know, the Broncos are actually kind of decent. So you still have a couple of days to get in with the hashtag Broncos Bourbon on Instagram with your favorite picture of the Broncos. They're giving away sweet tickets to the New Year's Eve game. Make sure you get your hashtag and picture in by December 1st to be entered for your chance to win. And then you can go over to BreckenridgeDistillery.com to vote on the winners and get your alcohol. They have online delivery, all sorts of amazing stuff at BreckenridgeDistillery.com. So go check them out today. Get in on it. Uh, Lots of news today. We kind of started talking about it tangentially in period two, but period three of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. (laughs) We went down the nostalgia farm. Yeah, I, I already know we've, we're going to forget somebody, and oh, there's already going to be a comment like, this oh, guy. how could you forget this guy? And I just want to tell whoever that person is and whatever guy we forgot, you're right. <laughs> Lots of good guys. Uh, are you guys satisfied with the first quarter of the season for the Colorado Avalanche? I am. Seven and three, seven and three, two games. I mean, again, if you break it down that way, this. There's always ways to improve. There's always ways to get better, and that's what management do. That's what coaches do. That's what players do individually. Uh, there's some dips. There's always peaks and valleys in a season. So far, it's been no different in those 20 games. There's been a few dips. You know, there's been a few. But if you're even keel about it, which I, I do believe the coaching staff has been, except that one time where he wasn't too pleased, and, you know, he, you know, I think you let it be known. 
Uh, and the response has been great since, you know, right? I mean, if you go back at it, forget about that period. Sorry, that last minute. You're talking about an eight no run right now. So, yeah. I mean, somewhere, somehow it's been good. Uh, you always have luck when you're good, right? You create your own luck. So they've had some luck. Um, Goaltending's been really good. Average, maybe subpar. Back to real good now, right? Uh, usual usual peaks and valleys on on there back end has been same thing really strong and again you got one of the best players in the world Makar. so right there you're going to be good with 25 minutes a night that you're controlling the game i mean and then took some guys some time you know so to 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 to, to gel to figure out their rules and and the top end guys have been really good at times again like the rest have been you know non-existent for a few and then you know, average for a couple. So, I mean, the question is, am I satisfied? I would say, yeah, if I'm a coach or I'm a manager for the Avalanche or a fan or, or, or us, I would say, yeah, I mean, mission accomplished so far. And, you know, you keep doing this for six more segments, you're in great shape to, to face that big dance at the end. Major? Yeah, I mean, I think you feel way better about the last 10 Oh, for sure. Yep. You know, starting 6-0 and was great, but yeah. then... You had the downtrend. Yeah, like you start 6-0, and you get shut out twice in a row, you get blown out by Vegas and St. Louis. You're like, what the hell, man? Like, it was just not good. Yeah. Yep. But... I think, I think the thing that you feel so good about, it's not just... Seven three seven three. Sure, but it's that there are such obvious areas for improvement for a team that's fourteen and six. That's it. Yeah, you fifteen and six now. Yeah, sorry. Jeez, that comes at you. Last fast. last night's game just didn't happen in my brain. <laughs> um, you look at your 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 fifteen and six. Yeah, you're one point out of the NHL lead. Yep. The league lead, not the conference, whatever. With some teams that started the season like 9-0. and <laughs> Exactly. You, you weathered a real storm. You know, losing five of seven, that's a real, that's a real thing. Yep. Shout out three out of four. I mean. it, right. Like, right. that's a real thing. And when we were talking about, oh, the, the numbers will normalize. They're, uh, they're unlucky right now. You're a 967. There's a reason that we talk about this stuff. Where are they now? Nine ninety nine. Bang They've on. completely yep. evened out. They're where they should be. Where they are, their expected points and their actual points is almost dead even. Yeah. Basically, the only thing that you would you would take away is the last thirty seven seconds in Nashville. Otherwise, you live with the rest of it. Yep. You got blown out in a handful of games. Yeah, you got your ass kicked. Welcome to the NHL. <laughs> you did some ass kicking along the way, but those thirty seven seconds in Nashville is what you would change. Yep. For sure. That's if I if I could change one thing about the start of the season and not injury related because I would obviously pick Lecky, <laughs> but that thirty seven seconds is it. That's it though. Yep. <clears throat> so when you're talking, you're twenty one games into your season and you're looking back and you're saying thirty seven seconds is what I would change. You're in a good place because you you know Bowen Byram has to get better. Yep. yep. He just has to get better. You want Arturi Lekkinen to get healthy at some point. Yep. You would love, obviously, this is this is like me dreaming here. 
you would love to see a Gabe Landeskog skating on his own next month. Not now, but like next month, you, you know, just let that be a Christmas present. Open to that ray of hope. Yeah. Yeah. Like you would love to see that. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just dreaming here. I'm just talking about like what, what you could hope to see things get better. You would love to see that your third line continues to be an unbelievable third line. Yep. Because when Logan O'Connor got there, that third line took flight. It's been a monster. And a dominant, dominant line. If you go read the piece that I'm either going to publish today or tomorrow, depending on how I feel, you're you're talking about a dominant group. So, you know, in your top line, whatever, it's still your top line. Your top pairing is still your top pairing. There are things in your lineup that you can look at and say, God, I really want that to get better. I really want this to improve. And when you're 15 and six and you have obvious things that you're talking about improving, you're in a really, really, really good spot. I I think it does feel pretty good for Colorado when you can look at things and say, yeah, you probably want more out of Jonathan Druner and certainly more consistency. You want more out of Tomas Tatar. But at the same time, you're perfectly content to let them water ski <coughs> behind the SS Raijo. <laughs> you know? It, I like it. He's carrying a bit of the water right now for that second line, mm-hmm. and it's working. So knowing you have something that works with more on top, you start looking at this lineup and go, oh, God, are they actually, like, really, really good? Well, and, and especially when you look at them in, through the lens of a playoff series, yep. best of seven, what are we trying to take away? Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen and right now Val Nachushkin. Yep. Great. That's an obvious, that's what you're trying to take away. Yep. But if Rijo and Duran continue to play, and, you know, again, their best play is not their normal play. Sure. Don't be seduced by that and think that that's it. But if they can three out of every five games, if you can get that, those types of games from those guys, you're in love. Mm -hmm. And then your third line, it may not score every night, but you want it to play four out of every five games. You want it to be fast. You want it to be physical and you want it to spend a lot of time in the offensive zone and your fourth line. Stop giving up goals against Yep. you do those things through the lens of a playoff series. What do you take away? Starts to get real hard, real fast. Yeah, yep. Because you're not taking away Kale McCarr, Devon Taves, Nathan McKinnon, oh, by the way, Kale McCarr is having games. an all-time season, <laughs> right? Like if that guy, that guy continues to stay healthy and then produce the way that he is. Oh yeah, by the way, you're going to have a 110 point defenseman rolling into a playoff series against you. Yep. Good luck. <laughs> that is very, very, very hard to handle, and. Then you go into the rest of the lineup and, you know, whatever. You can nitpick wherever you want. Totally. Every team team has their strengths and weaknesses when you go down their lineup. It's not like the Avs are unique in that spot. Yep. But where the Avs are unique is the top of their lineup is so good that you may not even be able to do anything about it. Yep. You look at the Seattle series. They had to sell out last year to stop Nathan McKinnon and Miko Ranton. They didn't even come close. Yep. Uh, The only thing that was working in that series. They didn't even come close, man. (laughs) It... I, I think you look at the back end, too. Yes, there was a down stretch for Georgiev, but he's now sandwiched that with two solid stretches of hockey. Yeah. And and I know the numbers you look at aren't the best, but especially with his more recent stretch, you're starting to see the guy that you want in your net. 
Yeah, the where you would really like to, and I'm, this is the dream with every goaltender, and this is not Georgiev specific. Some consistency. <laughs> you would you would like there to be a, a more a more acceptable middle ground between I gave up four and I gave up one. Yeah, you know where you can live in the two would be great, but if it happens to be three on that night. Two that of them you can't do much about. One the of max. them is bad. Yeah. Great. You're still competitive 80% of the games. Yep. You would like that because I think where it got frustrating for the Avs was it was three, four every single night. And now you're yeah. now you're outscoring your problems. And that's not a sustainable way to live. Yep. Teams do not outscore their problems for very long. It's just not easy enough. It, it's too hard to score in the NHL. I don't care how good your talent is. It's too hard to score. Just ask Edmonton. Although <laughs> McDavid has figured it out a little bit of late, but and they're fourteen points behind Vancouver for third it's, place it's, in that division it's right now. Just too late already for that. Fourteen yeah. points. Think, they're gonna have to play a hundred and ten point pace. Yeah. I think it's too late. I mean, I've never looked at it that way because it's like never had the thought process. Yeah, so, sure. You know I mean, like you know, they have to play at basically a hundred and ten point pace to be seriously involved in not playing for a wild card. Oh. A hundred point pace probably puts them in the wild card because this year the West sucks. The bottom of the West is just so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's the Pacific Division has four teams: San Jose and Anaheim. I think four and teams, Calgary's maybe five. Totally with mediocre. Negative yeah. goal differentials right now. Yep, <sighs> it's bad. St. Louis is a is a winning team <laughs> with a negative goal differential. Yep. It's not gonna last, man. That's it. Does it just never lasts? The Evs also spotted them a plus six. <laughs> Well, they turned around and gave it back. I know. That Nashville game (laughs) in St. Louis, they gave it back. (laughs) What's funny is the Avs are whatever they are, they're like plus 21, and they have the 8-2 and 7-0 on their record. Yep. And you're like... They're actually pretty close to like being a plus 40. Exactly. (laughs) They're they're like three games away from being far and away the highest goal differential in the NHL. Yep. But those games happened. Yeah. And that's they part did. of their story so far is that we're 21 games into the season and we haven't really seen the Avalanche lose a normal game. You have two last-minute yeah. losses the in Seattle regulation. The one is the closest to normal, right. I would say. You have two last-minute losses in regulation yep. that you feel shitty about. You get blown out yep. by St. Louis on home ice. That embarrassed everybody. And you have, you've been shut out. You have three shutouts. Yep. You don't just have like a 3-2 where you're like, wow, we just weren't quite good enough. They made one extra play. You don't have one of those yet. It's so weird to be 21 games into the season and talking like that. You have six (laughs) losses and they're all goofy. Well, and I think that's what's been encouraging about these last handful of games is they don't have any normal losses. (laughs) They're starting to pick up some normal wins, some 3-1 wins, some 3-2 wins. Yeah. It's 3-1, 4-1 with an empty netter. Get Get a lead. Protect it. Yep. Have a boring third period. Like the the Calgary and Tampa Bay wins back to back. You're like, this is what championship teams do. 50 times during the season, it looks like this. It's not se- it's not particularly sexy, but it's wildly effective. Yeah. And other teams just can't beat it. What's the what's the difference between being on the ice and up in the press box or as a scout, Eric, when you're looking at the is it is the three one boring win boring as a player? But do you love it up in the press box? I think management you just love any wins, right? Anyway, you know I mean? you'll take anyway. it. All right. uh, coaches don't nitpick at the way you want, right? Because yep. they're 
they're coaches. They're so meticulous. They're so particular about certain things. And the video is a big, a big How many thing. times have we heard Bednar say this year? Yeah, yeah, we won, but I think there's a lot of things we can yeah, do better. <laughs> and, but that's what I'm saying. They watch it over and over. Those guys work hard. I mean, they watch it and they rewatch it. And then they'll re, re, rewatch it. You know, and it's like. Are you sure? And then you look at them. You're like, no, I saw it live. I'm fine. I mean, I, I don't need to read. You know, I know AJ <laughs> lost his man, and you know, but then, oh, but let me show you AJ loses man. You know, that's what coaches do, right? You know, it's like, but you're like, the player is like, I got no, it. I got it. I, I know AJ lost his man, but and then as a player, I think it's it's the easiest thing to do because I think you can have an outcome. I mean, uh, you you can direct the outcome of it because you're going on the ice, or you sure. have a you know. A, a factor in it, you know what I mean? Because you can do something about it. <laughs> As a coach, you can a little bit because you can put AJ out there even though he lost his man. You know what I mean? Like I'm going after AJ, and then uh, I lose my guy a lot. Yeah, but in uh, <laughs> I'm Jack Johnson. As management, it's hard because you're. You really have no say. You know? sure. I mean, you can trade a guy, you know, because but you're like, you're oh, my God, AJ's going to keep game, putting Rudo yeah. out there. I'm going to trade Rudo. But you know what I mean? And that's how you have, uh, you know, so, but in a game, yeah, it's, I think as a player, as, I think you enjoy anything that is thrown at you. And sometimes it's a track meet and it's like, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and then sometimes it's like, hey, like, you know, we're going to pitch a shutout here as a team and it's awesome. And, and sometimes you just, like try to outscore your problems or whatever it is. And then you so do I, need to do it sometimes. That's yep. my point. Like, like you have to do it, you know, where players will adapt more, where coaches more, like I said, cause they're such creatures of habits, right? Sure. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're trying to implement systems and, but it's hockey's chaotic. Like I always say it, right. It's not football. It's not the ball's going to go there. You're going to turn left, you know, Hockey is, you have tendencies, you don't necessarily have plays, you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah, You have X's and O's that you draw up, and you're yeah. like, all right. Yeah, everything's out the window. This is the Pirates now. code, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, these yeah. are these are guidelines, yeah. these are not rules. Yeah. The only so. plays you draw up are off face-offs, and those, even with the best face-off guy, 40% yeah. of the time, that just, you don't you get thrown the trash immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like I said. I think it's three different ways, you know, sure. to look at it from the bench, from the press box, and then from the bench as a player because you're actually out there. Yep. So. Bless you. So about that goal, the Sorelli goal last night, we were talking about it. Yep. I went back and went through it a couple of times. I think it's just Manson. I think so too. What I thought, what I did find interesting, and I don't remember who the other Tampa Bay forward was. He's so far wide on the wall. He's Forces up against Byram it. Over there. And Byram, for some reason, wants to like hold his hand, like he goes and stands right next to him. Yeah, and that was where I was like, I don't know why this is happening, and I think that helps pull that gap open. Yeah. And you can tell that the Tampa Bay forward is doing that for that reason. It's, yeah. it's, it's to let Sorelli because Sorelli, I believe, is coming straight off yeah. the bench. And I think the whole point of it is exactly what they got. Doesn't change that that's Manson's guy, and, though. And yeah, Manson just has to oh, read no, that no, yeah. a little bit better. And he's, we're talking, Manson is a half step. Yeah. And Victor Hedman. smoked. Victor Hedman makes a perfect. Yeah. Oh. A elite. Stride. Elite. Perfect. Elite play. 80 foot stretch pass that goes tape to tape. Mm. Like it couldn't have been any better than it was. So. Uh, that's on that's at some point, you know, and we always look at this through an avalanche lens and all that, but at some point you tip your cap and you go, Holy shit, dude's made good plays. That's <laughs> they do. just a great 
play. And I kind of loved that Georgiev after the game was like, could have stopped it. I should have had it. I can't believe he beat me that way. You love that. You yeah. love that out of your goal. Yeah. yeah. You love that he's battling in that way. And you saw it when he gave it up. He was like, he was mad about it. Yep. That dude, that dude's got a shutout coming his way. He's earned one. He's got one because you just look at that mentality. Yep. Where he's like, I'm not giving one up. I'm not giving one up tonight. Yeah. I'm here for it. Maybe, uh, maybe make your bets on that, uh, that vibe. Yeah, they've got two Ducks games coming up. Yeah, they do. And the Ducks, whatever magic they had is all dried up. Yeah, it looks yeah. like it is. <laughs> Small sample. <laughs> yeah, starting the season nine and six is not the same as an 82-game season. Yeah, it's tough out there. Uh, any final thoughts you guys have on the Avs, the league, anything else? Uh, we haven't really talked about the Sam Gerrard stuff yet. And There's I just just a ton to talk about. I, really. Yeah. So just a there's a couple of things that I want to talk about though. So first of all, good on Sam Gerrard. Yep. Because for a player to willingly go into the player assistance program, that's great. For sure. I know that if you listen to our national show at All City Network and you listen to what Scott Darling had to say about the player assistance Didn't program today, it. it's not super encouraging. I would also say that one player's experience is not every player's experience. It's true. I'm not throwing what Scott Darling had to say in the trash. Of course, that's his experience. That's a lived experience with that. That's far more valid than anything that I would have to say with having no experience with it. Mm -hmm. But first off, good on Sam Gerrard for recognizing I need help and being willing to go and get it. Yep. That's a huge thing. That's a that's a huge thing, and it's hard to do. It's hard to ask for help sometimes, uh, especially in the world of pro sports where it, any kind of fault is viewed as weakness. Yep. Um, you know, and oh, soft league and soft player and blah, 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 blah. Really, really says a lot about his character that he said, I need help. Mm-hmm. So I want to give him all the love uh, from us and all the, you know, wishing him the best in his recovery and However long it takes. I don't care if we don't see Sam Gerrard again this year. I hope we do. Yeah, but take care of yourself first. Absolutely. Yeah, but do, do not come back to the NHL until you are good and ready yep. for the for the challenge of the NHL again. We saw it. <clears throat> we saw a little bit of this uh, with Jonathan Duran when he was in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to step away and you need to ask for help. You need to try and get better. It's an, it's, it's an important thing. Um, so that's great. Yeah. The I, I saw there were some responses of why would the NHLPA publicize this? They didn't. It is important, very important to note that part of the player assistance program is that they don't publish information about players. It is completely anonymous unless players want to mm-hmm. talk about going into it. Which so, Sam was very open about. Yeah, so Gerard going in and, and deciding that he needed to go that route, and then it being published the way that it was, was Gerard's choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's Sam Gerard. Or you're forced into it, right? I mean, that does happen a it, lot of instances. Yeah, and that's like... But you never hear you, about it. That's yeah, what I'm exactly. saying. It's not right. The guys, it's the, not, the guys know, that get know. forced into it have you don't know where multiple yeah. negative tests and... Yep. Like they they failed drug tests along mm-hmm. the way. Yep. Um, as far as we know, that is not the case here. That Gerard decided to go into it voluntarily, yep. and voluntarily chose to have that information made public. 
just as a as a counterpoint to kind of what Scott Darling was saying today, there are plenty of instances of successful stories coming out of the the program, including guys who are dealing had been dealing with alcohol stuff like Dylan Larkin, like Bobby Ryan. Yeah. So it's it's there's a good track record there. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and we don't know. We I mean, we also don't know. Those are the ones we know about, right? That's true. We have no idea how many cases are successful or not successful over the years. Um, so we don't really know. All we know is that this is where Gerard is at this point in his career, and we wish all the best for him. And from a hockey standpoint, you can certainly see the uh, impact of his absence already with Bowen Byram having to step into some of those minutes has badly struggled to do so. Yep. Um, and I think that that shines a big bright light on Sam Gerard's value to this team as just a steady, reliable guy that he has his strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And if all you focus is on his weaknesses, you're going to think he sucks. If all you focus is on his strengths, you're going to think he's better than he is <laughs> somewhere in the middle. Yeah. The reality is, is that he is, both of those things and that he's a solid second pairing defenseman and is very with the way that the avalanche play is very valuable to them in particular. And, you know, we, I'm just selfishly, I love watching him play. I hope that he gets the treatment that he needs and ends up feeling comfortable coming back to the NHL sooner than later. Cause I like watching him play, but more than anything, I want him to be, I want him to be good. I want him to be okay. Uh, I got a soft spot for him, not only because, you know, French. he's a Quebecer like mm -hmm. myself, and we make fun of it all the time, but it's true, and it's, <laughs> it's tough. Y'all stick you together. Know? Yeah, he's, listen, there's a language barrier. Um, I have a soft spot for him. Great kid, great player. Uh, you can tell he's not there now. You can see there is a void there. Uh, I'm a big fan. Always been, always will be. Uh, is he perfect? Like you said, no. Uh, nobody is. Um, but I think this is this is good for him. Uh, a little bit of a reset button. Take your time. It doesn't matter. There's no timetable on this. And, you know, yep. if you're ready in uh, a few weeks, then great. If you're ready in two months, great. You know what I mean? Like, th this team misses him. They will take him with open arms. He's a well-liked teammate, really well-liked yeah. teammate. It's a great kid. Um, hey, listen, this is way beyond hockey. And, 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 and on a side note, people think, like, yeah, it's about the money and everything. Put that aside. Like, it's a stressful job. And there's a lot of anxiety and nerves and uh, that go in with this day in and day out. And that's why it's so hard to, 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 to have longevity in the National Hockey League. Uh, so good on him. Uh, but he'll come back stronger. And uh, like I said, he's going to be back with open arms and uh, happy teammates. And, you know, and he'll be ready for up to the task. And be better suited to to take on the the vigorous you know schedule of the National Hockey League. I, I think this is kind of another ace in the hole for the Avs. And again, there's no timeline for someone like mm -hmm. Sammy. You don't know when he'll be back for sure. Yeah. But if you pencil him in to be back by the end of the season, yeah. Arturi Lekkinen. I was back just gonna make this point. In weeks to months. Maybe you're thinking, eh, you know what? Maybe Landis Scott could sneak in for the playoffs or mm -hmm. something like that. Then you have Nikolai Kovalenko, too. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the Avs have a cavalcade of dudes that make them better. And that none of that accounts for whatever they decide to do with the trade deadline. Yep. They could be a, could be a pretty good team. This is a team right now, when you, when you mention that, they are on a 117-point pace, which would be the second-best Avalanche team in history, I believe. 
maybe a point behind the 0-1 team. I actually don't oh. remember fully, but either way, was, it would be a 13, top three. 14, 118, I forget. Yeah, maybe that's the one thing. Anyway, it would be it would be one of the, the top three, top four. It would be one of the top of, God, we've been spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a top avalanche team to have 117 points and then to add talent like that. Granted, I don't think that I'm not crazy enough to believe that they're going to continue Other 117 point will pace happen also without <laughs> Sam Gerrard and Arturi Lekkinen over the next 60 games. I yeah. don't think that would happen. But if you were to add those guys to this lineup, I mean, uh, also you want to talk about the uh, what I think is an obvious impact of missing him, the third period turtles. Yep. What is one thing that Sam Gerrard does really, really well? Pucks go good direction. Gets pucks out of his own zone. With efficiency. Yep. That's right. When you're turtling and another team is pressing and they're doing whatever, 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 Josh Manson's not going to be as good at that. That's just not his skill set. At this point in his career, Bowen Byram is not great at that yet. We all believe that he can get there. He's got the skills to do it, but he's not there yet. And then obviously Caleb Jones and Jack Johnson, you're really not asking for that. You're just saying, please don't get scored on while you're out there. Yep. So when you talk about the third period turtles, oh, they're becoming more of a concern. Well, one of the guys that quiet, very quietly helped you in that regard in particular isn't around. It's true. So I'm not going to say he's the 100% difference. Of course not. But there's a percentage. part. It, it does play a role here. Our, obviously, our, our tree Lekkinen also is going to play a role <laughs> as a guy that wins a lot of board battles and gets pucks into the neutral zone and through the neutral zone. The best on their team. So you have those two guys not being in your lineup really hurts you. In that area in particular, and a lot of other areas, but in that area, tough. Yep. That's all I got. Anything else you guys want to add? No? No? Uh, tomorrow, another day off for them, right? I'm in yeah. travel. A day off for us, too. Oh, so for yeah. us, but then it's a three yeah. and four again, right? Yep. For them. I yep. mean, I, I talk about it, but they seem to thrive in those three and fours. It's amazing last year and this They've year. They've been so good back-to-back. on back-to-backs. They yep. just went four and oh and a four and six. Yep. Yeah. Do they That's, even need two days off? <laughs> just let them you, roll. Do you want them to, to give them two days off? Are they <laughs> better? Here's what I'll tell you. Like, coaches love to practice. <laughs> you know what I mean? And players, they hate to practice. I mean, they'll tell you, like, oh, yeah, i got to work on my game. Yeah, that's a big difference between getting out there for an optional practice or a morning skate than to have a practice. Like, yeah. practice, you keep looking at the clock like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because it's hard. Like, it's just a grind. The National Hockey League's a grind. So... I like that. They have games and you know, just, you practice less. And one of the nice things about Jared Bednar, though, is that even already this season, they're cutting oh, practices. Point, yep. They're, they're I think he's been are, masterful. I think they've been masterful at giving them days off and giving them optionals or, you know, go work on something you want to work on. I think it's been awesome. Now we just need to get him on the pod so we can ask him about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. We will. It would be a fun time. Jared, uh, come on the pod. We are brought to you by MSU Denver. If you want to go to college or get back to college, MSU Denver is a great option for you. You can go to msudenver.edu today. They're currently registering for the spring semester where they have over 90 different majors that you can follow. They have classes online and in person. You can do a mix of both. Whatever you need to get your college career kick started, check them out at msudenver.edu today. Uh it's hard not to feel good about this team right now. It's never going to be perfect as AJ's losing his mind over something. So I've, I've talked about this a few times, but I have a friend that is getting into hockey at oh, the start yep, of the season. Yep. This season is the first time they've ever like followed it. And so sometimes I get questions about things. She's watching the show. Hello. Uh, 
And she just texted me and said, what the fuck is turtling? <laughs> and I'm not going to answer, turtle, but turtle. I just think that the question is extremely funny because that's a thing that is very normal in our parlance that I, you just take it for granted. Yep. Cowabunga, bro. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm going to give a totally false answer. Uh, all right. Despite not explaining turtling, we are going to get out of here for the day. We appreciate all of y'all hanging out with us for an off day show. Uh, we're back Wednesday or Thursday, excuse me, for the abs game. We're off Wednesday, uh, but we'll see you for the game. We appreciate y'all like and subscribe. That helps us out a ton. Oh, one more thing. Uh, take over December 9th. Party bus, come vibe with us if you're local. Yes. Uh, the, this first one of the year also, if you come on the party bus with the takeover with us, you get a $25 Snarfs gift card just for coming with us. So you get great sandwiches, too. You might as well jump on it. Uh, there you go. You can get your tickets at the link right there. If you go to our uh, Twitter account, you can also go over to thednvr.com and check out the events page to get yourself signed up. Either way. Come have a great time with us at an Avs game. We appreciate y'all, and we will talk to you on the next one. We all silly like the mayor. 